<clears throat> Hello, each of you edge workers out there. I'd like to hear a couple reports from your edge working in the last week or so. I'll start with me and, and Chloe. On Saturday evening, we had, we had a, and Chloe invented this space. And it was this, uh, it was a space that was a follow-up space to an interview I had with Ian McKenzie, who's a edge worker and filmmaker out of Canada, who's done a lot of work with Stephen Jenkinson and other luminaries. And so he just did an interview with me about uh, these questions that basically women have about men. And we only had an hour and a half or so, and we did not get very far. We only got through kind of the first layer of these questions. And so many of these questions that people suggested were excellent questions. So, and Chloe invented this space. And so we had a couple hours, is that right? Yeah, two hours of uh, a live uh, Q&A kind of starting with those questions and continuing with questions people came up with in this space. And, and Chloe just told me that she will post it on Mixed Culture Radio and throw a link into the, our Telegram circle here. So anybody's interested to check it out and argue with us, you know, commit to how, how does this stuff land in you? What doesn't land? What does it take to, what really would, would make a difference for you? All of those things. So uh, that's something I wanted to share. Anybody else, somebody else have some questions? Yes, and Chloe. So at the end of this two hour talk, Clinton said, okay, that I'm gonna organize a call, a two hour call where Clinton will be interviewing me or holding space for me about, about game world building, about how to take your project off the ground and all, all this distinction and, and skills and processes and how does it go to build your own Guyon game world to um, like really feed and unfold next culture as sourcing this project also for other people. So that will come around. Thank you. Any, anybody just speak out. Does not have to make too much sense. Just go ahead. I have a question. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, now. So I, hello, I have a question um, out of my 333 practice. Um, so it, I discovered that when I, when I start feeling fear or in the, we, we do a three minutes anger, three minutes fear, three minutes sadness, three minutes joy now. And I discovered when I start feeling three minutes of fear, I can go into a very high screen um, from which I black out, I really, I lose consciousness and I wake up again. It feels like lifetime and just a few seconds after. And it's like my chest is opening and kind of exploding and energy is coming out and it feels, it feels really amazing. I'm, I'm kind of addicted to it, but 
I wonder, and it also happened after joy, after one time joy that I that I get got this black out, and I I wonder if this is something like worth pursuing or um, if this is just another trip that I take to escape from from my experience to numb to be to be more numb and yeah i wonder if you have a perspective clinton or maybe someone else on that yeah sure this is a <clears throat> i used to see it quite often in trainings and it and it just is a phenomena that human beings can do and and uh, most people are so afraid of it that they that they will never go back there again and so one of the healings that happens in the training is that we we do it on purpose we go to that point where the whole system just shifts you know i don't know if it's too much oxygen not enough oxygen the blood pressure drops and i don't know how the how you pass out how it passes out but it, it takes about 30 seconds usually And, and then the person comes back. Well, they do it on purpose and we time it and we're all there. When they come back, we're all celebrating and it just changes it into an initiatory process, a healing, really a healing process. And, uh, and the, the fear about it ever happening again is, is completely gone. And usually it doesn't happen anymore. And it's not, I don't, just from my own personal experience, I don't consider it a good thing or a bad thing but I know that it's a common thing. And I would encourage you not to try to enhance it, you know, or try to, like you said, get addicted to it because it's so amazing. There's plenty of other amazing things to discover beyond that. So I would, that would be my, I don't know if anybody else has anything to say, but that would be my two bits. Thank you. It doesn't seem like there's other sharings about that. So thank you for sharing that. Clinton, I would like to share. I had a really deep emotional healing process last night and it took me back to high school and I saw this, this construct of of where I created uh, being fake to fit in, to survive in high school. And I saw how I still wear that robe. And, and it was, being with it, I'm, I'm noticing that in elementary school, we were all friends. And then in junior high, so and Ellen is Jewish and Carmen is poor and, and it starts to, and then by high school, it's so segmented. And I just remember the, the, the sadness and the fear of, of entering those doors every day. And, but there was this moment Yesterday when I just saw, I just saw, I felt the energies of all these, these teens around me and, 
and, and what I constructed to be in that space. And it's, it's breaking my heart. What does that mean, breaking your heart? That's a story. Could you just report the experience? Yeah. I feel sad. I feel Thank sad you. that- Notice that the I, difference. Notice the difference between the ordinary communication. It's breaking my heart. It's a victim conversation. You're yeah. powerless. And I feel sad how different that is. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Yeah. I feel sad that, that high school is about box construction. Yeah. I'm so glad that you did this process. I'm really glad about that. I encourage everybody to do some kind of process. We've, we've been so concerned about people not yet getting out of school, high school, junior high school, college, people not getting out of this prison because it's such a damaging and uh, disempowering vision uh, imprisonment. And it's so socially condoned and socially enforced actually in every dimension that it's, it's almost making a person feel like an outcast or a incomplete or something if they have not uh, forced themselves to stay in some kind of school system. So uh, we even have, we've do, people are doing trainings and processes about healing from school. Heal from school is one of our websites. And there's great hints on there about uh, quit school. There's a website and heal from school is another website. And these two websites are, have books and videos and lots of possibilities for experiments to continue on the journey of, of reclaiming yourself after escaping the prison. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Hey, Joseph. Yeah, I, I'm very grateful for the small now uh, map. I was on a, on a 10 days separation or a pause, but uh, my partner, the relationship, and we were on, on met yesterday again, and uh, somehow we were maybe coming closer. And at some point of time, it, I felt that when she said something, there was a very strong, overwhelming feeling or emotion, actually strong emotion of getting um, never that this the, this the the relation will never come up again, and I felt into deep fear and got totally overwhelmed by this story. And I, in this second, it came to me, just stay in the small now. And it had this feeling that I would have like a handy a mobile phone. I would do this, this small now movement. And it was like physical. And it was, that helped me to stay present, just to, to stay there, to see the mountain, to see the snow, to feel myself. And I, I was able to, to stay connected to myself and it took about one or two hours where all the, this uh, mutual story pushing really came down and, and it, we, we just popped into our connection again. And I'm so grateful for, 
for having this present of uh, the small now tool mm -hmm. um, because it, it we would have the chance was high that we would get into another an emotional story again with just not not having the tool to, to be present so just wanted to report it also the help it helped me to have this feeling of these two fingers that helped me to to scroll or to zoom zoom into the small now mm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And that's what a possibility stone is good for too, or just simply rubbing your fingers together it keeps you in the small now. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's exactly what it's for. Thank you. There, there's some new people here today too. So if you'd like to introduce yourself or say hello to everybody, please do that and welcome you here. Hi, I'm Matt. Um, I am probably three weeks or a month into learning some or participating in learning some of possibility management. Uh, I'm in a couple of other groups that are on the calendar and sort of came at it most recently through the Terra Nova network. Um, that's how I ended up here. But really, my life brought me here. Um, and uh, I'm glad to be here. Uh, also, also afraid because I feel a lot shifting in myself. And uh, I was just driving back to my home, listened to the um, reading group from last Monday, and uh, really was. I'm really glad about the um, meta conversation things, um, the phrases or the questions that you shared. And actually, I was like, well, how am I going to implement this? Because I've been feeling pretty isolated the past week, especially. And I already have a way that I a conversation I already feel like I could use that. in. so anyways, uh, hello. And I'm looking forward to today. Hey, man. Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm near Asheville, North Carolina. OK, North Carolina school in Greensboro for a while. Okay. Wow, thank you. Okay. Tara, how did your experiments go speaking of meta conversations? Um, well, I didn't have a lot of conversations with a lot of people because I'm very much at home a lot. Um, I did I did have a moment with my with my boss because I still have to work sometimes, um, and actually with an yeah actually with a colleague. I want to talk about that um, because I was using this phrase or this this meta conversation starter. That was I I feel like you are sharing two things at the same time with me now. Can you maybe tell me what those th two things are? And she was, she was in a full mix of anger and, and joy about how much she hates men. And it was a full, it was like a whole, I was sitting next to her and it's like, after this, after this talk uh, that he gave this Q&A and a lot of things shifting in this area for myself, I got so triggered. I was sitting there, I was like, oh, oh, okay, I can, and then 
because so many things came at me and I was like, okay, well, do you know what I see? Like you're sharing two things with me at the moment. So can you please tell me what it is, what they are? Because she was laughing and then screaming and laughing and it's like, okay. And then she did. And then we had a whole different, we, we went to a different place. And I was like, wow, okay, that's cool. <laughs> um, and yeah, I was much more relaxed because before I was in this, okay, like these two messages are coming and I have to deal with both. And, I, and, and this person pretends it's one message. And I also realized that this topic is something that where, where there is an emotional healing process somewhere in there for me because I've been dealing a lot with mixed messages and not being able to say it out loud. And yeah, so that's where I'm at at the moment. Cool, thank you. Wow, thank you for doing that experiment. Nice. I would, I would suggest to you that when you're in a space and having a conversation that has so much energy in it, it you can make a, a black hole, kind of a, a grounding cord in the space. So you can pay attention to mostly the communication and some of the energy, but the excess energy can just go down the grounding cord of the space. And that's a, a really useful way to stay present when there's more energy than you know what to do with. So and it's, a, it's, a, it's a very empowering thing to be able to face conversations that are high intensity that your defense strategy would automatically avoid, but you, you're ready. You're ready to actually hear and complete those communications. And so one exercise or an experiment you could try this week is actually go to those people where there is tension in your, in your world. Scan your world, pick three people where there's some kind of tension and go have a conversation with them in person if you can or online and say, gosh, I noticed some kind of tension in this space between us. I'd like to find out what it's about. Could you just tell me what, it, what it's about? And then you listen and you make sure you have your grounding cord and that extra energy will go through and you just repeat back what they said. And it's so funny we're talking about this because uh, I was just looking at the book because we're on page 154 and the title of the next section is Using Adult Communication. So it's really a fine introduction to an adult communication experiment because it, it doesn't, it costs us energy to have these tensions in our world, even from years ago even from five, 10, 15 years ago, these tensions hanging around, there's an energy drain. And it, it doesn't take so much. I, I'm not saying you're gonna fall back in love with each other and everything will be you know, completely, you know, you'll be, become roommates or something after that. But, but uh, it does, it's fantastic to complete these communications because the, the other person will probably not do it they will probably not do it because they haven't been studying this stuff. They haven't been learning the new tools, but you can do it. You can do it. I mean, a leader in relationship is the one who gets off of it first. 
meaning meaning the one who calls the other person up and says, I sense some kind of tension between us, you know. I'm I don't I don't need that. I want to know what it's about. Can we can we just clear it up or I'm ready to listen to you? And then you know, be sure because the reason we have these tensions is because it's a kind of a gremlin food. It's this unconscious part of ourselves that's feeding off of low drama. You know, I'm better than you, or I'm worse than you, or you did this to me and you never apologized, or you promised to do this and you never did it, and I resent you. And all these little tensions are gremlin snack foods. And, and then we have other things to do with our gremlin that are far more creative and productive than that. So, but if you if you don't turn off the the little snacking thing, you won't get that energy back. So I would encourage you this week to locate, to scan your world, find three people where these tensions are and go out of your way to call them up and listen and, and try to complete what they're telling you. Be sure not to try to justify, be sure not to try to defend yourself, be sure not to try to uh, be right. Because what you're really doing is you want to have this being to being connection with them while you're talking and and enjoy that enjoy the connection coming back and then keep breathing they will go through their story and you go gosh i didn't know that or oh thanks for telling me this or oh if you yeah this is what was going on for me i just didn't know or whatever and appreciate them and then you're done in the call in 5 10 15 minutes and you get all this energy back so this would be an adult communication experiment. Go ahead, Aunt Chloe. I also recommend if you do this is that you have this red cloth as one of your energetic mm. tools. It's this red cloth. And we have learned to use to hold the red cloth like the toreador in front of our heart. The bullfighter. The, the bullfighter. And so when people have all these stories and, and emotions and reaction and gremlin hooks and or whatever, and we hold the red cloth here, then they go straight into our heart and we get hurt. We, and this is the sensation of getting hurt, which actually is just getting food, you, whatever, you're getting hit by, because you're holding the red cloth here. And it's to really hold the red cloth on the side. And so, the, so you can have, like Clinton was saying, this being to being connection and you can repeat back, but the, the stories, you can stay in the small now, like the stories are made in time. And so the stories will go by and then they will go into the past and you stay like Joseph was saying in the small now in this connection. And I, I just kind of want to add this because I had this conversation this morning with a, a group of trainers who have this um, really this culture in their, in their team to please give me feedback. So they have really this strong feedback culture, but they're all holding the red cloth in front of their heart. And so they're asking for feedback and at the same time, defending themselves from the feedback. And it's an insane way to be in relationship, really in a team It's for evolution. And so this whole thing about putting the red cloth on the side, and then this is probably, I don't know if it's actually in the, in the book, but the next this is kind of the, the next level of, of communication, especially if you're in a team and in a project or in a possibility team is there's stuff that needs to be figured out. There's stuff that needs to be uh, 
uh, worked through. And really an, an adult way to do this is both to use questions. Like what, what happened? To, why did you say that? Or why did you behave like this? Or I, I want to know you better. Can you explain to me this? Or um, God, I didn't understand what you did there. Can you just tell me what happened there? So this and making proposal saying, hey, I noticed you did this and I have this proposal that you could actually maybe do it like this next time. What do you think about this? And that's a proposal. So questions and proposal. And that is completely different from, well, I don't like this. You know, it's like, so what? Like, so what if you don't <laughs> like it? It's like, okay, what is your proposal? And, and this is like, a then, then you move into collaboration and it's, really amazingly fun to to just just be like yeah to just relate like that to your teammates thank you go ahead janet and then i'm sorry ingrid was first i think and then janet and there's Stephen, stephanie who has a hand up on that uh, okay step and stephanie too so ingrid janet and stephanie yeah i want to share that um yesterday I did with Leslie together the reading of the Spark and uh, we came, we had a deep exchange about guilt. And I noticed for me that this feeling of being guilt, mixed, mixed emotions, uh, held me back, held me back from, to, to excuse to other people for things I'm do, I did or, and today, I, I uh, with somebody who I, ha I have tensions, I started the, the conversation and I said, I want to, to excuse me for this and this and this. And I dared, and for me, it, it was really, uh, I felt fear in this moment. I, I just stopped saying, whatever just to listen and and to 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 help to to hold this moment to, to hold this moment of saying nothing was i felt my fear and then she asked me what is you you asked what are you talking about and i said three weeks ago this and this and then she said it's okay and 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 for me it was a, such a surprise The, the I I was always so in so deep fear to excuse myself because I felt like like you said, Aunt Chloe, I felt that it is it will kill me. It uh, I had the the red cloth before for my heart and uh, yeah, it it was such a relief yesterday. I feel it still to see that. Guilt is just an idea which hurts me myself. And yeah. it has had nothing to do with how she felt. It, it was really yeah. me. And, and I feel better. Ingrid, will you close your eyes for a second? You said the word relief, surprise, and better. 
You did not say which feeling that is. Joy. It's allowed. I feel joy and I feel so much wider. It's allowed to feel joy, Ingrid. In the new world, it's allowed to feel joy. You did good work. You took a big risk. It worked. The experiment was positive outcome. Let yourself feel the joy. Yeah. yeah. And tell people. Tell people you feel glad. Dare to tell people you feel glad. I Dare. feel. Yes, I feel it. I feel glad. Okay. And and other people in your life. We we all trust you and love you and all that, you know, so that we're the safe people. But tell yes. the other tell the dangerous people that yes. you feel glad. <laughs> Thank you for this. In. I will do that. I will dare that. Yes. <laughs> the revolution is happening. People saying, I feel glad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh man cool thank you very much all right where are we janet so i work with clients and it's under a particular type of game world and a lot of the men especially are really scared of female rejection so as i was thinking about the red cloth i wanted to figure out how to bring that in because what they do is like, you know, they'll ask a question like, may I, or will you, whatever the question is for something physical. And we practice yes and no's. And so I can see them like cringe, like, oh gosh, the no's coming and they're so scared. And so uh, what I've been inviting them and I'd love feedback on how this might, how, how to, maybe there's a distinction I'm missing. I, I invite them to stay connected to me and to keep their hearts open and, and, and to, like, to be with me and that, that, that is my, that's a yes. That's like an ultimate, exciting, big yes. Like I'm a yes to you and I'm a yes to this moment with you. And no matter what I say to your request, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter because you are with me. We're here together. And so, you know, they'll make a request. I'm ready to say no. I don't say no until they're with me connecting. So their hearts are open. That's really difficult for them. And then the no comes. And I'm wondering, like, is that the red, that's the moment of the red cloth, right? Because I think I still want them to be open heart. So the red cloth doesn't need to be in front. But I've been wondering where I can put that distinction for them. Like, but but the, the no doesn't feel as scary because the connection is solid. And then the last distinction I told them this yesterday, if, if you're making a request from someone who's not connecting with you, then move on. Like the connection is more valuable than, than the other stuff. Like you may ask, but like if you're noticing that they, they, they're darting your connection, they don't want the connection, then I would just say, move. I mean, that's my, this is my thinking because it just hurts so much. Um, but I think it's hurting because they're wanting something instead of the connection. So there's just some thoughts. I was just wondering how the red cloth could fit into that. I would really encourage you to watch this Q&A session that we did on Saturday because two thirds of the way through it, there was a relatively young man who 
who dared to speak out in the space. And in that space were, were people with a lot of awareness and pain and healing. And there was a lot of intelligence and shared shared connection in this space. And so he, he felt safe enough to speak. And what he was speaking about came from probably the same kind of programming that a lot of the men you're talking to are, are functioning inside. I want to get something. I'm trying to figure out a good way to get something. And I try this way and my mind is going, well, she's okay. And, but she doesn't like me and she's not okay, but she likes me And this whole uh, world. He, he put it out into the space. And it was so clearly said that, that there was this wall, this avalanche of hatred towards him from what the, that the women having to defend themselves from that level of immaturity. And so I would, I know that you're, you're a paid therapist for these guys. And at the same time, you know, at some point it would need to be indicated to them that they are not initiated. And the I that wants something is a little boy, teenager, adolescent, taking uninitiated, uh, a sad case of a production of modern culture. And that I don't know if you have a side door open, but for people to, to start going through the initiatory processes, because there's no solution to those guys. There is no, there's no, they cannot do a bigger lie because the whole act that they're presenting is a lie. It's a show, it's fake. And that's why they're so terrified is because they know it's fake. The women know it's fake, you know, and, and they have no idea how to be something other than that. So I would really encourage you to, dare to go the next level with your work with these guys because they really need a bigger a bigger confront a bigger confront from from you they're depending on you to be the bullshit detector and so refining their bullshit is very different from hey let's start with something that you know nothing about we and your father knows nothing about yeah what yeah, were you we gonna say we do the ego state, so I create that distinction of what the child feels like. With and then I have them tell me like who's speaking and who's the you know who's the eyes. Yeah, it's it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. The entire thing is a mask. It's a fake. You know, it's their box. It's the fake teenage cool guy show trying to get sex from some chick, thinking that that's the ultimate outcome, having no idea how to negotiate intimacy. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for saying that and thanks for doing your work. I know you're helping a lot of people. Thank you. Stephanie. Hi, um, thank you. I, I just wanted to share how uh, pleased and astonished I am at the relevance and the the I guess the echo coincidence factor of a lot of the stuff that I'm encountering here um and uh it my whole week theme has been around the adult communication stuff and I had some I had some beeps last week with um 
with people I was connecting to in this space and trying uh, and like trying to myself figure out how to um, resolve that space of tension. And I'm really grateful for some of Anne Chloe's um, suggestions there in terms of the proposals and questions. Uh, I'm, I'm already, you know, looking at how I can try to use those things. Um, and <clears throat> um, so I think that's going to be extremely helpful for me that that, that like I'm, I'm getting to a place that I've like been trying to um, really uh, for a while now. And then on top of that, um, I found out that uh, I, I one of the things that I do is actually um, similar work to Janet's and I'm going to be in San Antonio next week. So <laughs> there's all kinds of amazingness coming out here um, that's, uh, that yeah, I'm just loving tapping into this right now. So that's what I wanted to share. <laughs> Thank you, Stephanie. Where are you calling from? Austin. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Neighbors, great. Wow. So, so I, I feel joy that Janet brought up Open Heart because I was on a podcast uh, last week and I was asked this question about like, what is it? What does that mean? And what did it used to mean? And I really went into the unknown and into a liquid state to try to let you know, something bigger than me speak. And what I realize is that an open heart is not about so much about receiving, but about being really present with me and what what's happening within me as the world around me is happening. And that was just really huge for me because I I'm always when I when I talk or think about open heart, I'm always like, oh, like being available to everybody or like but it's really about me being fully present with what's going on in my body. And then what, what, is, what is reflected and seen about open heart is that I share things that I usually wouldn't share because I'm either too afraid or I'm, you know, there's, there's this like really beautiful thing that I'm, that I'm sensing about somebody and I don't say it because I'm not, I, you know, it's like there's all this unconscious stuff going on in me, but it's so much bigger than just saying beautiful things to people and like really, you know, mm -hmm. And sharing love it's like just really being fully present with myself and yeah i have no idea where that came from but it was it was really big cool thank you emma what about you where are you where are you calling from thank you i'm in puerto rico <laughs> with jeff oh wow and yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, this I've been I've been learning about possibility management for the last month. And um, my whole world and reality is shifting. And it's like I, I've known it's like things that I've I've known. But like my body is like, it, it's like puzzle pieces are locking in and like the languaging that is used. It's just, it's like blowing my, my mind and my, my world open. And yeah, I feel a lot of fear because of that, because I'm like, I, I feel the, how quickly I'm, I'm shifting and like what I'm, I'm leaving behind of like these things that were so comfortable for me so it, yeah it's it's a lot and I feel a lot of 
joy about it as well. Hmm. Wow, thank you. Hey, Emma, don't forget to, to, to also let the sadness come. Don't forget to let the sadness of grieving the years that you did not know about this stuff, the years that you were just copying or using the ordinary ways of doing things and that part of you won't come back anymore. You cannot come back anymore. Consciousness is a one-way road. It's very difficult to become less conscious. Mm -hmm. so, so don't forget to <clears throat> be okay with grieving the loss of your identity of who you were even last week. You know, in Puerto Rico, you guys can make this little graveyard and make a little cross and have a little funeral for that part of you who used to be adaptive or smiley or who used to stay back and not ask for what you want or whatever, whatever part is over for you and just and, and honor it for having served you for so long and then let it really go, really let it go. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. That yeah. was really big. <laughs> Cool, welcome. <clears throat> Mark, did you, were you gonna say something? Yes. After the Saturday phone call, I generated the letter to initiate the Gaia world that you and I talked about a year ago with the yes. game and the prime language. Uh, and I am looking for feedback on that letter before I send it. I plan to send it, like I said, tomorrow. So, but, if you need more time, I could probably extend it. I'll see. Yeah, I Mark, probably, probably you're not going to get feedback from me. I'm just involved in a bunch of projects right now. And I'm, right. I, really, I really just need to trust you and the universe to go ahead with it. I, don't, I won't have... That's what yeah. I need to hear. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. But you could also, you know, if there's somebody else here who wanted to check it out, just ask if somebody would would check it out with you if you want. Are there other people that would like to review my letter to a uh, business uh, acquaintance that I knew from years ago regarding a, generating a new company? And you only need one or two, you know, so it's not like a bunch, one or, one or two people. Whoa. Jeff? Whoa, and Lindsay, whoa, Lindsay, yeah, great. Yeah, Jeff's had a lot of experience with this stuff and I don't know Lindsay yet, but she's, I, I can would tell you, already she's an excellent editor. Would you send me your uh, emails on Telegram? And I will okay. forward my letter to you, thank you. Great, Mark, thank you. Mark. Lindsay, I know you just shoved something in your mouth, but after Ann Chloe says something, we'd like to hear from you. Oh. Mark, I just gave me a letter because you also put me in copy, and I, I think I read something about co copywriting the work. And mm -hmm. I would uh, invite you to look at that in terms of the copyright uh, game world is this really uh, gremlin game, lawyer-based pretty much American game of this scarcity. is mine and it's scarcity. Yeah, this is mine and nobody can take it. 
and and really um, to shift into copyleft and creative common attribution and to look into that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, cool. Lindsay, can you say a couple words here? Yes, yes, I can. Um, um, a couple words, I guess. I made an experiment um, last week before last about uh, yeah apologizing to someone for being like yeah um, just that recognizing that my box was coming or my gremlin was sort of acting out and then I just decided to risk it again and um, say it directly and it worked out really well now we're living together as flatmates with another person so that was like <laughs> thank you <clears throat> So I was wrong about this so thing. So you were wrong. <laughs> yeah, I was wrong. People, you healed something up and you might become flatmates. So I, I was wrong about that. <laughs> oh man. All right. Unless somebody else had a burning thing to say, I would start in the book. Anybody else have something? All right. We'll have it. We'll have a time a little later on to check back. But here we go. This is section six O, and it's on page one fifty four in Radiant Joy, Brilliant Love. It's called using adult communication. It goes like this: They say that love is a function of communication. When you think about it, this makes sense. When you look from the adult perspective, what is the purpose behind any communication? What is the central message behind each time you want to communicate with somebody? Why do people communicate with each other at all? Why do people talk to you? When someone talks to you, what is the core energetic of every communication? So this is such a straightforward question. You would think that we would all immediately have the answer. And in fact, I've asked this question to many groups of people and it's not common knowledge. We do not often recognize consciously that the core message in every communication, no matter what the communication is, I love you. Even when a person says, I hate you, the core, the core message is that in that communication is I love you or they would not have bothered even telling you that they hate you. They would have just not bothered to communicate with you at all. Try to let this idea sink in for a while. Because if you let it sink in, it will change your whole platform for interacting with, with people you know and people you do not know. The prime motivator that transports every communication is deep, caring love. Now, you have an important experiment to do. Use the proposal 
that I love you is the underlying message in every communication you receive and go see what happens. To do the experiment, you have to split your attention. That means keep part of your attention here and put part of your attention over there. Use 50% of your attention to listen to what a person is saying to you. Read their note, their letter, their email, whatever the message is, 50% of your attention there. And at the same time, use the other 50% of your attention to remember that what is moving that person to communicate with you is their love for you. So beneath all the layers, even within complaints or blames, somebody ridiculing you, doing negative feedback, the motivating force of all the communication is love. What they're really saying in so many words is, I love you. With this adult perspective in place, notice what happens to the quality of your relating. Spend time enjoying what you notice. So it's a totally different world if when the policeman stops you because you're going too fast and he says, could I see your driver's license? And you look up at him and he goes, he's saying, I love you. And it's a completely different world when, when that is happening, when the waiter says, what can I get for you? And he's going, this guy's saying, I love you. <clears throat> so, so that's the experiment is not only to notice it, but to be fed by this other vibration. So here's the intellect, hearing the information, listening to and understanding the words, but here's this other dimension where love is happening in the space. And it's not necessarily a personal kind of love, you know, although who knows, but it's, it's definitely love happening if they're even talking to you. And so a lot of us, I even heard today, some people saying I'm lonely or I'm separate or I don't have conversations or something like that. And, and, uh, it, it does not really work with recorded messages. It doesn't work with movies or videos or that kind of thing. It really needs to be a live conversation. But even if the conversation is from halfway around the planet, this love stuff is still happening. And so even in, like, for example, I checked in the talk on Saturday later on, somebody was asking for what's the, what's the indicator of, of when when love is happening. And I check with people, I say, can you feel this vibration happening in your nervous system right now? And essentially everybody put their hand up, they could feel it because that was love happening in the space. And so you can actually, it's a sensation. It isn't a concept. It's not a, an idea. The sensation of love happening in a space is actual. It's an actual sensation. And so it means you need to sink out of your mind. You will not get it in your mind. But, you, you know, you, you can practice eating an apple with your mouth, you know, and actually have, take, take it slowly. Eat your apple slowly. Like don't, don't have this thing in your mind going, 
yeah, I'm eating an apple and then the apple's gone and you've got your email sent out and you see this apple core on your desk and go, God, what was that? How did the apple core get there? Oh yeah, I ate an apple. Well, that's a concept. But the energetic of it, you never let it in because you were up in your head. So this requires sinking into experiential reality to have the actual sensation of love happening and then you're being fed by it. And it establishes a whole new way of relating to the lady at the cash register in the grocery store, the guy in the post office, the, the male person, you know, whatever, whatever people you're interacting with, you can, it totally changes what's the value of what's happening. Tara? Yeah, I, I wanted to share something about that because um, I, I stepped into a trap of this uh, distinction and I, and it was completely overtaken by my box and gremlin to use it for being small and not saying what I want because every communication that is coming towards me is love. So everybody, everyone that communicates with me means good. And I, as soon as I heard this for the first time, I like I could my, my gremlin in my box, they grabbed it and I couldn't experience that reality that you're talking about now. And I've been doing a healing process about me having this strategy, but I just want to put it out there for as a potential warning for people who have similar strategies to grab onto this as like, yeah, okay, you just mean good and and I'm not yeah. yeah. I just want to put it out there. Yeah, thank you. That. Don't. <laughs> yeah, really important. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, this doesn't mean, uh, Lindsay, just a second. It does not, we're not talking about positive thinking. We're not talking about uh, this. There's other phrases. It's not uh, peace. This is not about world peace. This is not about uh, forgiveness or acceptance. It's not talking about that. We're not talking about that. Yeah, thank you very much. Lindsay, go ahead. Yeah, I guess I struggle a bit with this. Like, I can totally understand when, the, like, people that say, I hate you, that really there's would like. You, would you move your hand away from your mouth while you're talking, please? Is that better? Yeah, totally. Um, I can totally understand that when someone says like, I hate you, then it really underneath that is I love you or like, that's an ugly sweater. I can understand that there's I love you in that. But um, I have a hard time figuring out like when people are in paid positions, like the policeman or the waitress or the customer service, it's like, what can I do for you? It's like they say the least amount of words because they have to say in order to take home their wage. So I don't know how to work with that in terms of this. One of the ways, when I first discovered this, it blew me away, which was this, it's, it's uh, I did not have to figure it out with my mind. So I'm saying you do not have to really get it figured out with your mind. What happens is, is, it made a lot more space between with me and the other person. So 
So because I'm splitting my attention, part of my attention is on the communication and part is on love happening. Not If, if 100% of my attention was on their communication, I would go, you know, they don't care about me. They, they don't really want, they hate their job. They, they hate me, you know, and, and I, because my attention is only on their communication. But when you split off, you have this space, this spaciousness in the relationship. And so maybe they're reactive, maybe they're hungry, maybe they're tired, maybe they are afraid because they don't have enough money or they're afraid for some other reason. All this stuff is going on in their world and you're not paying attention to that. You're paying at least half of your attention to a whole other dimension that's going on. And it just backs off from this, the, this, this stress between the two of you. And so you can be, you're not reacting to their reaction. You get what I'm saying? If they're afraid and they're tense and they have this stuff going on, you're not reacting to that because we have a whole 50% of your attention on something else is happening. And you can breathe and you can stay in a small now and you can be present and you have other possibilities that they, they don't have. So you're, you're pretty much unhookable. You're quite unhookable from the reactivity when you do this. So this is the main thing that that comes as a side effect from it. Okay, saying it like that, I guess like, I don't see how the message I love you is behind their word, but I can see just putting into perspective all of the other components other than the words that they're saying is so important and creating this larger picture. Still, I encourage you to try it. I encourage you to spend the next two weeks every single interaction, splitting off 50% of your attention and us making the declaration. It's a declaration on your part that what is happening is they're saying, I love you. And just, you know, it's kind of like picking up a flower and going, this flower is full of pesticide and DDT and dioxin. And, and you know, it's some fake thing from Holland you know, they shipped over in the cheapest possible way, it's gonna to die tomorrow, you know? Or picking up this flower and just looking the thing go, wow, whoa, 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 amazing. Like it's a totally different relationship to the same exact thing like that. Cool. I wanna to add to that, that we are in some way already all experts in splitting our attention because we can do this in having this conversation with someone and then we split our attention for looking for, oh, they hate me. Oh, I'm sure they hate me or they think my, my sweater is ugly or we can do that. So we are already able, we are already experts in that and it's just switching the message that is, it is just exchanging this to that. Making yeah. it conscious, yeah. Making the skill conscious. Thank you. Thank you. The book I'm going on in the book. So it says it says as explained on the map of communication, which is on the next page. We'll get there pretty soon. It says the purpose of adult communication is to complete communications. Your goal is to complete communications. The underlying principle of adult communication is that a communication persists until it is received. 
means it goes on over and over. Uh, Dor, I don't know if you can hear me, but your mic is on and you're putting a lot of background noise in there unless Aunt Chloe can silence you. Thank you. So the purpose is to complete communication. So Dor just completed my communication right there. I asked him to mute and he did. So that was a completion of a communication. So that's the purpose of adult communications. And receiving communications completes them. So it's done forever. I never have to talk with Dor again about this moment where the noise was coming. It's over, it's finished. I noticed it, I shared it with him. He heard, he saw it off, it's finished. That thing is gone forever, except that it's recorded on this tape. So. But it's really over, it's really an end, it's over. And so what happens is that communication vanishes with a ping, goes ping like that. And you, you get to sink to the next more subtle layer in communication. You get to go to the next thing. So a lot of us, for example, that experiment we were talking about where you scan your world and check for tensions, those are incomplete communications. And you will stay stuck there. You cannot proceed until that communication is completed. That's the purpose of and you get the energy back because there's energy tied up in incomplete communications. Communications often have many layers. Through receiving communications, you can complete layer after layer and move ever closer to the central message, which we were talking about before, is I love you. If you do not receive the top layer of a communication, in whatever way it is offered to you, then the next and more important layers will never be revealed because you're stuck at the superficial level. You know, it's like, he didn't smile at me. He didn't look at me long enough. She, she had a tone in her voice. Her attention was somewhere, like we're stuck at the superficial level. If a communication is not completed, the communicator is frustrated, whether that's you or the other person, and must try again later to make the same communication. So have you ever been in, have you ever had the same communication come from somebody more than one time? Anybody ever have that? Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's the signal. That is the signal that it is not complete. You go, ah, I did not get a bing. I did not get a one. I didn't, I'm, I'm stuck at that level right there. And you can go right back to that person and complete the communication and go to the next level. And then they become your roommate. See, now we know what happens. So by blocking communication, you are saying no to love happening. Okay, by, by incompleting communications. So I'm just telling it that we can endure the intensity of a lot more love than we than your parents, for example, than you than you suspect. You're, you're capable of enduring the intensity because love just love with nothing happening, just love is really intense. And 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 it's this intensity of being and being present and being with. So so we are really skilled at blocking love happening. 
very skilled. Our box is good at it. Our gremlins are good at it. All of our assumptions and expectations are very good at it. Our rules are good at it. Our beliefs are good at it. You know, our, our, our whole system is really excellent at defending ourselves against love happening. So what we're talking about is radical revolution. It's, it's building up, keep breathing, small now, stay present, and, and see, let, let the intensity of love get even higher. Very fun stuff, but scary. So as it is, we do not know how to receive and complete communications. We never had a class in this. We have algebra and trigonometry and geometry and history classes and like all this stuff not one class about how to complete a communication. So here we go. We have not been trained. In fact, we have been trained in the opposite, how to avoid receiving and completing communications. The avoidance of receiving and completing communications is a characteristic of ordinary human relationship. So remember, that's what we've been doing this whole year before now, is studying and learning to consciously notice ordinary communications, ordinary relationship. And so blocking love happening, not computing, not completing communications is a guaranteed way to have an ordinary relationship. Guaranteed. This is so basic stuff and it's so important and so powerful. It is so powerful. Some of you reported on your experiments how powerful the results are, just from a tiny change. So, uh, okay, again, if we wish, if you wish to enter extraordinary human relationship, you have to learn new skills. That's all there is to it. In this case, you need to learn and practice receiving and completing communications. Communication originates in the conscious and unconscious intentions of the sender of the communication. So we're beginning to talk about this map of communications. So it starts with the sender, the one who starts, who speaks or communicates. The sender experiences an urge to communicate. So this urge could be in any of the five bodies, could be an intellectual urge, a physical urge, an emotional urge, an energetic urge, or an, an archetypal urge. So any of these urges or combinations of those are enough to cause a communication to come out. And for example, if, if someone is not aware of the urges coming from their emotional, energetic, or archetypal bodies, then those communications in, are stuck inside of them. So, in, you know, for example, uh, you can do this experiment. It's, it's a kind of a gremlin experiment, but you sit next to somebody you're at a cafe or at a dinner or something, and you, you move your cup into their space. You just put it down a little bit too close to their plate. Now, I'm not saying put it on their plate. I'm just saying people have this space around their plate, and you put your cup like, like two couple of inches, three, four, five centimeters inside, and they will feel it, and you will feel it. You, you, could, you will probably not be able to do this at first because you freak out because you're putting your cup in their space and their whole body will go like this, but it's their energetic body freaking out. And you notice what they do or what they don't do. And probably what they'll do is in about 30 seconds, 
they will accidentally kind of move your cup back out of their space and they won't even say anything about it. And then they relax and then you can relax. And this is amazing experiments. You should talk about it afterwards so they know that you're doing it on purpose. Otherwise they will hate you. They will not go to the cafe with you again because you pushed it in their space and they won't like it. So, but, but that's what I'm saying is if you are aware of the impulses from your energetic body and somebody puts their cup in your space or just takes your fork and starts eating their meal with your fork or drinks out of your glass or you know uses your straw or starts taking things off your plate, like whatever, putting on your clothes, moving your shoes, like all these things. If they do that and you're, and you're aware of your energetic impulses, you will, you will say, excuse me, uh, I put, I put my, you just put your glass in my space. You just put your cup in my space and it's just not okay with me. Would you please move your glass out of, and that's a very adult communication. It's very adult and it works just fine, except with kids. I mean, kids, kids is a whole different story, but I think you get what I'm talking about. So if you tune into your sensations from your emotional body, your energetic body, your impulses from your archetypal body, then, then you will get you will start to get impulses that the mind cannot wrap itself around. So when when you are when you are sensitive to the fact that you have five bodies and you notice the impulses coming from first your physical and your intellectual and your emotional, then your energetic bodies, when those are online, they have to be online first. It will come to happen that you will start noticing impulses from your archetypal body. And these impulses are not necessarily rational. They do, they're not reasonable. If you, you may get this impulse is to walk over to somebody and just hand them $50. Okay, and you go, what? And so, or you may have this impulse to go over and say, to, to turn right when where you're really trying to go is left. You're trying, speaking of copy left, you go left instead of right. And so what you, it's a, and you go, okay. I mean, I remember doing this one time, it blew me away. It was in a training space and we were going out for morning exercises and it was a men's training. And so I was the trainer and we, of course, you know, the trainer would want to go jogging down to the park with all the guys, but I walked out the door and my archetypal body said, turn right towards town, not towards the park. So this other guy went with me and the rest of the guys jogged down in the park, like the instructions. And so I go up to this street, we jog up to the street and then the instructions were turn left. So it was a T it was, a, and we just turned left cross the road, the instructions were cross the road, we cross the road. And in about 50 meters, we, we, we meet a couple, a young couple who's sitting at the cafe table out at the sidewalk. And we just stopped. We knew who they were. And we sat down at their cafe for breakfast. We sat, we didn't eat anything. We sat down and we said, we don't, we're here. And they said, oh good, because we're ending our relationship and it's a horrible mess and we don't know what to do. So we took them through a complete divorce in 15 minutes, money, couch, house, the rental, dog, the whole thing, you know, it was handled in 15 minutes. People were, we were crying. We were, there was 
feeling, completing the emotions. You did this. I I heard the whole thing was over in 15 minutes and we ran back to the room and met the guys. And so this, these are the kind of things you start getting in alignment with the impulses from your archetypal body. Probably you can start telling us stories about the same kind of thing in your life, but these are impulses that make a difference. These are impulses not about you. They're serving something greater than yourself. Your bright principles, the uh, serving Gaia, you know, following the impulses from Echo, the Earth Coincidence Control Office. So there are communications coming out of all five of your bodies that you can listen to. And if you block them inside of yourself, and then the next one comes down and you block it, pretty soon the tube, for example, from your archetypal lineage, the tube is blocked because you did not do this job, you did not do this job, it's blocked. And so the, it's, it's important to at least write your jobs down in, in your beat book, at least write them down in careful detail and go, I got it, thank you. And it, then the message is completed. I, you can read it back to the archetypal lineage, I got the message, and you've, you've, you've got it, but it, then you get to choose. After you've received the communication from your mind, from your body, from your heart, from your energetic body, or from your archetypal lineage, after you've received the communication, then you can choose. You get to choose. So a lot of people first learning to feel, for example, get an impulse from their emotional body, and the impulse is fear you know, fear, okay, the, and, the, and then they just stay in fear, they stay, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, and they let the fear decide what happens next, and that happens because they don't complete the communication, instead it's like, oh my god, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, and then things shut down, so the alternative is fear comes you keep breathing, you go, ah, it's fear, this is fear. And you say, welcome fear, what do you have for me? And you get out your beat book and you write down what the fear says. You know, this, I'm afraid I won't have enough time, enough money, or I won't, they don't like me, or I'm gonna make a mistake, it's not gonna be perfect enough, I'm, I'm never gonna make, you write down exactly what the fear has for you. And you got you complete the communication. It's complete then. I got it. Anything else? And the fear goes, no, that's it. And you go, okay, thanks. And then the fear's gone out of your body. And then you can decide what you're going to do. The fear does not decide for you. So now this is how, as an adult, we're talking about being an adult, adult is extraordinary. This is how an adult uses the communication from your own fear and from the fear of other people. So somebody says, I'm afraid, you know, the guy comes up and says, well, I'll fix it. I can change that. Here, do this, try that, you know? And the woman goes, you didn't hear me at all. I'm trying to tell you I'm afraid. And the guy's going, well, I'm trying to tell you I can fix it. And the woman's going, I don't give a shit. I don't, I'm not asking you to fix it. I'm just trying to tell you I'm afraid. And finally, the guy goes, oh, yeah, I could complete this communication. <clears throat> Let me have a do-over. And he says, oh, you're afraid that 
we'll be late if I didn't change my clothes now and we get in the car now and we'd start driving now. She goes, yes, bing. And you go, ah, okay then. And she goes, thank you, that's it. You don't have to do anything. I just wanted to tell you that I'm afraid. And so it, it sounds ridiculously simple. It is ridiculously powerful. It is ridiculously transformational. It is ridiculously adult to actually complete communications like that. Actually listen, hear what's being said, repeat back what's being said and go, and, they, and the sender, the person who's making the message goes, either you got it or you did not get it. And then they have a chance to correct. This is, so we'll, I'll just keep reading right here. So if you, if you wish to enter extraordinary human relationship, you have to learn new skills. In this case, the skill of receiving and completing communications. So communications originate in your, your impulses and they might be conscious or unconscious, but you have this impulse. So then you have this urge to send out this message and then you do the best you can to encode and communicate your message in a form that can be transmitted to the receiver. So most often the encoding is just spoken. It's most often, I don't know about with COVID and all this stuff, but most often it's spoken language, either directly in person or over the phone or through some other media. Encoding can also include written or typed words, drawings, musical notes, schematic diagrams, designs, shapes, or constructed objects. These are all communications. In whatever form the message is encoded and transmitted, the receiver must then decode the message to receive the communication. So I was thinking just then about uh, when my kids would, would bring me something. So there was one time my daughter brought me this dead bat. It was just this dead dried up bat and puts it on my desk. And I'm like, <clears throat> you know, this could have germs, could have, you know, some kind of, why did it die? I mean, what kind of fleas does it have that are going to jump off and bite me? I mean, get this thing off my desk. But anyway, I, I did not do anything. I just sat there and looked at this dead bat. And I it's starting to stink. I mean, I can smell it. And I go, okay, the smell is part of the communication. So there's this smell and this dead bat on my desk. And the message is, Dad, I love you. Okay. I go, okay. Okay, so this is an object. She did not say anything. She just came over and boom, put this thing on my desk. Okay, that's what I'm saying. It could be multiple dimensions of the communication can come in any, any different form. <clears throat> that's the message. As you know from experience, this urge, encode, transmit, decode, impression process is lightning fast. The whole thing I just said, it can happen in less than a second. And you already have an impulse from the communication. It's so fast. And it's also delicate. And it's also complicated. And it's also quite susceptible to errors, assumptions, 
expectations, misinterpretations, mixed messages, like you were saying, Tara, a couple messages mixed together, projections, crossed communications, and so on. So this thing that can happen in less than a second can also be complex. In addition, we assume that the simplicity of the model of communication is complete. You know, somebody comes up, they have an urge, they encode, they transmit, you decode, you ha they have an impression. We think that's it, that we think that that is communication because we've learned nothing different from that and it's not complete. It's only half. We do not realize that the consequences of using an incomplete communication model destroys so much, destroys trust, it dis destroys connection, it destroys so much because we're only using half the model. We're only using half of the communication. Our fractional understanding of communication causes failure and breakdown in most of our relationships almost every day. And it traps us in the ordinary world of relationship, no matter what else we try. That's how important this is. The missing component of the communication process is called the completion loop. It's called the completion loop. And that's a phrase that we got from uh, Thomas Gordon, who, who's uh, died, he invented parent effectiveness training. I got to meet his wife and interview her on the Guy and Road team. We're slowly getting the Guy and Road team interviews on our website. So sooner or later, you will be able to see uh, the interview we had with her. It was just great to talk about Thomas Gordon, who's one of my heroes. And so he invented this term completion loop, where the listener repeats back to the speaker what they heard the speaker say. That is the completion loop. You know, so your telephone <clears throat> is doing this a million times a second. While you're talking on your phone, your telephone sends out to the tower, I'm sending you this packet of information. Did you get it? And the phone tower sends back to your telephone, you just sent me a packet of information. Here's what I got. Can you please check it to see that it matches the thing you sent me? And your phone goes, okay, I'm checking it. Yeah, it matches the same. You got it. Here, you got it right. Here comes the next packet. And then the tower does the same thing with the next tower. And that one does it with the satellite. And then it goes. So this is happening in electronics a million times a second. With, with the 5G, it's happening a billion times a second, but that's exactly what's happening. You send the communication and then the thing that's receiving it sends back what they got to see how accurate it is, to see if they made a mistake. So if what the listener repeats accurately reflects what the speaker said, then the speaker, you know, you get that? If the listener says, what I heard you say is, and it matches what you wanted to say, it is almost impossible not to say yes. And that, when you, that little thing, that little yes, that's this bing, that's this thing I was talking about. That is what you were listening for. You were listening for that yes. It's almost like a computer game. When you get a bing, you go to the next level. It is so rewarding to know what's happening when you somebody says yes. You go, 
Yeah, baby. You know, that's a yes for me. Next level. Okay, leveling up here. And so every time you get a yes, you level up. And that's how this is. A, it's so rewarding to understand what's really happening when somebody, and if they do not say yes, start over again. You really need to listen for those yeses. So really start over. When the speaker hears, your, when you hear yourself saying yes, you confirm that the listener has indeed heard your original message and something relaxes in you. That means it's complete. It goes away forever. That part of the message is gone. You succeeded. You can see the relaxation happen in yourself. And when you when you repeat back and the person says yes, the other way, it's you can see it happening in the relaxing. The, the speaker's original intention is satisfied because the communication comes back to where it started. The whole thing is a completion loop. It went back to where it started. The completion loop itself consumes the original urge and the whole communication vanishes, vanishes into itself. It's just a, it's magic. Acceptance has occurred. With the first communication fulfilled, a completely new communication can begin. But until the first communication has been completed, no new communication can start because you are stuck. And if you try to force past, if you try to push past and overwhelm the other person, you're just going to get resentment, breakdown, separation, anger, frustration, sadness. This is what you will create. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. So thousands of intelligent people in trainings have consistently demonstrated that they do not know how to generate a completion loop. As, as amazing as that is, because Dr. Thomas Gordon invented this back in 1965. You know, this is 45 years ago. You would think by now that human beings would have upgraded their thoughtware, but we seem to be a little handicapped in that domain. But we're getting with it here. Few of us have ever had a communications class. We learn to communicate by imitating the communications delivered to us and demonstrated to us by our parents and our relatives, our neighbors, and teachers even. So we were just copied what they did. Few of our parents ever had a communications class either. Largely by imitating our parents, we learn to generate communication roadblocks instead of communication loops, completion loops. We made it to page 156. How are you doing with all this? Any comments or things that you've, sh you've seen happen in your life along these lines? Yeah, yes, Stephanie. Yeah, this, um, I, you know, I was shocked when I, I, I read up to this point where we were last week, and then I read that this was the upcoming chapter, and I thought this is exactly what happened in my situation this week. Um, and uh, yeah, I, and it happens to me all the time, and it's something where, like, I know I need a better strategy for how to ask somebody to complete the loop um, when, when it doesn't happen, because I also noticed that that's when it doesn't happen, that that really affects me, really, I think hooks me if that's the right way. And so um, 
I also, I, I've heard another way of expressing this before that um, in saying that like, uh, that, that there's two things that people are usually saying, which is either please or thank you. It's kind of like a way of breaking down. The, I, I like having the I love you as, okay, that's both of them are really that too. Um, but that's kind of what I'm sensing in like this. If you, as, until one person says, thank you, if they keep bouncing pleases back and forth, then you're stuck in this place. But so, um, yeah. So do you have a suggestion that's around like when you, when there's an incomplete, how do you ask um, to get that completed? My favorite way is a do-over. And I just said, I'd like to either ask for a do-over or have a do-over. And, and just say, let me say it a different way. I often, if I'm the speaker and it was not heard, I'd say, let me, let me say this in different words, or let me try a different way to say it. And, and Chloe? And I have another proposal. Go ahead. And, and it's really the proposal of negotiating intimacy and say, would really ask, would you just repeat what I, what I said? Would you just repeat back to me what, what you heard me say? And, and it's really magical. I, I use it a lot, even sometimes with Clinton, where I'm like, we're having this conversation and then I feel not heard and I'm stuck. And I, actually, can you, re can you repeat this? Can you repeat what, what you've heard me say? And then when he, when he says it, it's like, ah, oh, and, and then I can go to the next level. So very simple um, negotiating intimacy. Um, my audio cut out for about 10 seconds of what Anne Chloe said, but I did, um, I have heard that uh, suggestion before in terms of uh, saying, would you repeat back what I said? Um, I have my default tendency uh, when it, when I didn't get the um, completion is to say it about 10 times longer than I did the first time. <laughs> um, so uh, I, um, it gets, it gets longer and longer to where, like, if I ask them to repeat back what I said, it doesn't, it, it becomes impossible. So maybe I need to just catch things there or something. I have a, another hint for you, Stefan, in terms of completion loop is like, it really, actually helps to feel heard if you're communicating the feeling and the information. And if you try to only communicate the information, then the story gets bigger, but you don't feel heard because you didn't say, well, actually I feel scared about this, or I feel sad about this, or angry, or glad. And so, and to just say one or two sentences starting by I feel, and usually, that shortens the whole intellectual story that needs to come to explain the feeling and you just say the feeling. Okay. And thank you. And, and I actually, I have uh, been working on that in a separate practice too, and, and it has had really uh, good success. So that makes sense. So thanks. Cool. It's so important to remember this little phrase. I feel angry, sad, glad, or scared because the because is the story part. And then you have both the information and the carrier wave. You have both parts of the communication. And when the person doesn't repeat back, when they do not repeat back both parts of the communication, the energy, the, the emotions, and the information, you will feel it. You will go, there's, you left out the feelings part. Could you please say the feelings part? Back? You go, oh, yeah, you're angry about that. 
You're right. I'm angry about that. Yes. Bing. So, yeah, these two components are super important. Thank you. Yeah. Somebody else. Yiv Yamshu, I saw you nodding your head a lot in, in amazement. And Yiv Yamshu, can you, you live in a community situation oftentimes. Can you tell a couple stories about this? Well, I think many things happened before I got all these really uh, fruitful informations about communication. I, when I look back, it's embarrassing for me or I, I get angry at myself, how often I fell into traps, how often I miscommunicated, how often I assumed, uh, I didn't tell you, but you should have known that. You know me long enough. I mean, all this kind of trash. And with this kind of, uh, what I learned in the past years with possibility management, it is much about uh, the communication got much more refined and more face-to-face uh, -face on a on a eye-to-eye on -eye level. And that really helped me a lot. I'm still working on it, of course. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. Dr. Thomas Gordon also figured out he distinguished 12 different roadblocks that we became experts at delivering. And I'd just like to go through them and you can put up your hand and decide it. So instead of completing the communication, instead of repeating back what the person says, we figure out a way to avoid responsibility, to avoid actually receiving the communication and to avoid love happening. And we figured out 12 different roadblocks. He called them roadblocks. It's a big X. Communication comes, we don't complete it. We send out a roadblock. Communication is over. Responsibility is over. Love is over. And we wonder why, I don't know, people die of heart attacks or bone cancer, all these diseases people get from being just incomplete, like an unheard and unexpressed in their life. So he's got these 12 roadblocks. I'll just, I'll just read a paragraph first. Dr. Thomas Gordon described 12 communication roadblocks in his book, Parent Effectiveness Training. When I first read this list of 12 roadblocks, it shattered my world. I had I copied the list over by hand and carried it around with me in my pocket. And I read it whenever I was communicating with someone. I would pull out the paper and I would look at it and I would try to not do the roadblocks. I had no idea how to communicate without killing communications with one of those roadblocks. And a, a roadblock is whatever you say, no matter what it is, that does not repeat back and prove to the speaker what was said. My habit to deliver roadblocks was so deep in me that I had to start all over again with my communications. Probably you do too. 
plan on being consciously, meaning painfully, incompetent for three to six months as it takes about that long to make a shift in communication habits. But it's worth the trouble to do it. Make the effort now before more time goes by. Whole new worlds of trust and intimacy can open up as a result of you learning to stop making roadblocks and start making completion loops. Even giving intelligent suggestions or providing sincere sympathy destroys the completion loop and therefore kills the relationship simply because what you say does not complete the communication. It's not bad or wrong or stupid what you're saying. It just simply does not complete the communication. So the speaker cannot experience being heard by you if you do not repeat back what you heard them say. When you seriously consider this list of roadblocks, most people come away with thinking, my God, what else is there? This is all I ever say in my communications. First roadblock is called, is to give an order or give a direction or give a command. So somebody says, uh, I don't wanna eat the apple. And you say, you must eat the apple because that's lunch. Or, so this is, this is a command. Did anybody, did anybody ever do that to you? Anybody ever give you commands as part of your, anybody? Okay, so now you, you know what it feels like when, when you receive a command. Second roadblock is a warning or an admonition, they call it, or a threat, a threat. So you say, I hate apples. And they say, if you don't eat this apple, I'm not gonna give you dinner. If you don't eat this apple, you can't watch the movie tonight. If you don't eat this apple, you know, you're gonna not have enough vitamin C. If you, like all this, anybody ever do that? It's called warning or threatening, threatening roadblocks. Okay, roadblock number three, it's called moralizing or preaching or philosophizing. So I don't wanna eat this apple. Oh, well, the kids in Africa, they don't even have apples. You know, If you don't eat this apple, it's gonna to go to waste. And, and God made this apple, so you should eat this apple. And, and this apple has a purpose in life and the purpose is for you to eat it right. Anybody really good at moralizing? Do you ever do that for a roadblock? Okay, roadblock number four is advising, giving advice or giving solutions or suggestions. So I don't wanna eat this apple. Mm, well, maybe you could sell it and buy something you really want to eat. Or maybe you could make it into an apple pie and then it would taste better. Or, or what if you, you know, one time I did not wanna eat an apple and I regretted it afterwards because I was hungry and I got sick. Anybody really good at giving advice? Okay, <clears throat> roadblock number five, lecturing, teaching, and giving logical arguments. I don't wanna eat this apple. 
okay, well then you're telling me that you don't want to eat this apple tells me that you don't actually like me. And so I'm going to tell your father, well, that's actually two roadblocks in one time. That was a combination of roadblocks, threatening also. So giving logical arguments, something like, you know, if you don't eat this, if you don't eat this apple, then I'm going to give it to your brother or sister and you won't have anything to eat. If you don't eat this apple, then how am I supposed to feel like a good parent? Something like that. Anybody good at teaching, giving logical arguments, lecturing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then roadblock number six is called judging or criticizing, disagreeing or blaming. So I don't want to eat this apple. Well, you're a bad person then. You are insufficient. You're 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 not welcoming what I'm offering you. You are you have you are you are going to be you're going to go to hell if you don't eat this apple. You're, you're making a big mistake. It's going to be your fault that all the money that we spend on food goes to waste because you're not eating the apple. This anybody do the judging, criticizing, disagreeing roadblocks? Okay, there you have it. That was roadblock number six. Here's roadblock number seven. Roadblock number seven is a little difficult to understand. It's called praising or agreeing. So how could praising somebody be a roadblock? Well, praise is not any different from blame. It has the same purpose, which is manipulation. It is a manipulation purpose. So Instead of instead of like praising is is so you're so wonderful you're so brave to express yourself I don't I don't want to eat this apple you're so brave to express yourself I totally understand oh yes so this is um this, if you if you here you are you succeeded in in receiving my teaching that you can actually say what you want I'm such a good parent because you're you're such a good child or something like that so the thing is. You're trying to manipulate the person to behave a certain way, to keep behaving a certain way. It's the same way like blaming is a manipulation to have them stop behaving a certain way. It's definitely not completing the communication. How many people do praising and agreeing as a, as a roadblock? And Chloe, you do not. You do, well, all right, all right, okay, you do. <laughs> See, I just did it, okay. Roadblock number eight is name calling or ridiculing or shaming. So I don't want to eat this apple. Yeah, that's just because you're a carnivore. You're a carnivore and all you want to eat is hamburgers. You know, people like that are destroying the world. It's giving global warming. You are, you're a bad person. Anybody, did somebody ever do that to you? Call you a name, you know, shame you, shaming teachers at school. It's another power game, and it has nothing to do with completing communications. Roadblock number nine, interpreting, analyzing, or diagnosing. I don't want to eat this apple. Oh, well, that's interesting. Well, that means that you have an, uh, 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 you're, you're a two-year-old, being a two-year-old and having a tantrum right now. And you're just going to say no, just like a two-year-old kid. So I'm going to, I figured out what you to do with you because you're blaming, you're doing a two-year-old thing. Anybody really good at 
uh, interpreting and analyzing, giving you analyzing and diagnosing. Okay, roadblock number 10, reassuring, sympathizing, consoling, consoling, right? Supporting people, okay? This is a roadblock because it does not complete the communication. So somebody says something to you, I don't wanna eat this apple. And you go, oh, well, don't worry. You know, it'll still be there tomorrow. Or like, you know, I'll give you an extra apple so you don't have to worry that if you eat this apple, there won't be any more apples. Or I can assure you that you won't die if you eat this apple, because I'm not a witch. It's not a poisoned apple. Like all these reassuring, sympathizing. Anybody do that one? Ah, Jeff, you're batting a hundred, man. Batting a thousand is really yeah. Me, that's how I was. This is how it goes. This is what we're taught. You have to get it. You have to get it that this is what we have been shown. Really, we were doing a good job communication by delivering roadblocks. Roadblock number eleven: probing, questioning, interrogating. I don't want to eat this apple. What's really going on for you? What are you? What's, what are you feeling? What are you? <laughs> what are you? What are you? Oh God, that must be something deep in you. Maybe you need an emotional healing process, something like that. Yeah. Okay. We have some people who are good at this one. All right. Roadblock number twelve: withdrawing, distracting, humoring, diverting. So I don't want to eat this apple. Here, I'll massage your back and you'll, you can eat the apple and you can just focus on the massage and then, then you'll be distracted. Or, you know, if you eat the apple, then, you know, we'll have, we'll, we'll, after that, we can go into town and get some ice cream. Or uh, if, you, if you eat the apple, then if you don't eat the apple, I, I'm just going to leave you. I'm just going to abandon you. If you don't eat the apple, then... You just have to sit here for the whole rest of the night. You don't get anything else. Anybody good at the withdrawing, distracting, humoring, or diverting? I mean, I, I thought I was such a successful dad because, because shit would come up with my, my daughters. They would complain or blame or they'd have something. that Something would be going on. And I would if I could get them to laugh about it, then usually we'd get through it. But I did not complete the communications. And they still remember this. I was talking to one of my daughters at her birthday, and she, you know, and she's like, Dad, when we lived at this wonderful house and had a garden, and you made this amazing uh, playhouse for us in the house, and we were so close to the bio store, we could just walk there and get whatever we wanted, you know? Yeah, well, you. You, you still wanted to go to your spiritual group. And that was more important than being with me. It's like, whoa, she still remembered this. She still remembered after all these years that I was distracting, humoring, diverting, you know, and, but she still remembered. Any comments about the 12 roadblocks? Go I, have ahead. Question. I have a question. So for the giving praise one, so Jeff has held emotional processes for me. And when I'm like going into an emotion, he has given me praise 
for like you're doing a good job like what do you what do you what is that what do you feel about that yeah it, it really is praise and it really is uh, a kind of manipulation to keep you to keep going so in those cases we have there are a hundred uh, sample emotional healing processes online at the Create Possibility website. If you ever want to check those out, and the the thing that one of the things that I do is I say I check people's in, uh, feelings detector. What what percentage big is that? What percentage big is it? It's a different conversation. So I for you're feeling angry. Okay, what percentage big is that? You go. Oh, that was 77% big. And I go, according to my detector, it was 18% big. So what if you adjust your detector and I and then you and you have an accurate feedback about what level intensity that is? And you and it's important to do that with a couple of people, and pretty soon your own detector is calibrated. So it's a totally different conversation from oh, that's really great, it's really great. Keep, you're really doing great. It's so amazing. God, you're such a good feeler, whatever the praise is. It, it's, it is not going to help you as much as being clear about you, you're feeling 18% angry because whatever. And then you go, yes, bing, there's a bing. And so um, in, the, in the explanation about emotional healing processes, the point for the space holder is to use the golden keys. So a golden key is what you, is to navigate to the liquid state and use the golden key. And the golden key, the liquid state is the feelings and the golden key is what you're saying while you're feeling. And so it's totally this completion loop thing. It's completely that. You're feeling 18% angry because when, because when you tried to do this, somebody stopped you and you, and you feel 18% angry about it. Yes, bing then you're, you're really at where you are and they are at where you are, and then you can go to the next level. So it's about navigating to liquid state, which is feelings and using the golden keys. And the, it's just, now that you have the distinction, you can just say, excuse me, I'm not interested in being praised. I'm interested in an accurate feedback about what percentage big my feeling was. You can just say that now, you're a whole new, yeah, because I, I, the feeling that I get when I receive the praise is actually good. Like I feel, yeah, but it just it was really interesting to read that and then think about the emotional healing processes that we've done and me hearing that. And then now I'm like, I'm questioning, is that like really healthy for me to hear? Is that giving well, me like a false sense of? Which is the one that feels glad? You know, yeah. which which part, which ego state is that? Yeah. You can answer that question. Which ego state is that? I feel like my, my yeah, my gremlin. Okay, yeah. could be gremlin. I would have thought child. Okay. Would have yeah. thought, oh, you're doing I a good like job. I feel like my gremlin now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because, because it's not about that. We're trying to get to adult. And yeah. so anything that... Uh, emphasizes or feeds the gremlin or the child is not going to help during the emotional healing process. So it's really, it's important to notice what part of you feels glad about it and go, you know, I'm, I'm done with that. Not so interested in being 
praised so that I feel good for three seconds. And then it's a kind of, you want me to keep going or do it again. Why don't you just say, keep going, do it again. And that's adult communication. You mm -hmm. say, keep going, it's working. You know, try, keep trying, you, you know, like that. It's just clean, straightforward, no manipulation. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thank you. I, Emma, as a, as a sister, like a sister to a sister, I would really encourage you to do Rage Club and to start really with Rage Club. And you can even do Rage Club with women, just women, because when I hear you say, I like being praised by a man, it just, my, I'm furious. Like my anger is just, I'm really furious. And because it's like, you are, there is so, you are something else. You are something else than the little thing, than the little girl who wants to be praised by a man. And that it's like, it's such a small part of what is possible as you being a, a vessel for, or like a, something else can happen. And so, yeah, that would be what I would kind of want, like or say it from a sister to another sister. Thank you. The logistics of that are pretty simple. There's a website called rageclub.org, actually rageclub.org and it will it has a link to a calendar of a global calendar of all available online rage clubs happening right now. So if you're delivering rage club, please make sure it's on the calendar and upcoming soon and Chloe is will be delivering not so soon, but she will be delivering it a rage club space holder training, which is fantastic. It's a fantastic way because then after that you can deliver your own rage clubs. And when you do that, you can, transform the world and quit your corporate job. So that's really what we're, we're up to. We're interested in empowering people to help each other and get out of the hierarchical structures that we think we need because that's the patriarchal empire. One of the eight prisons you have to get out of is patriarchy. And it's difficult for both men and women. This is the thing that, that Anne Chloe was talking about. It's also difficult for women to get out of the patriarchal lifestyle because there's a whole way of playing small or playing cute that disempowers women and, and, and plays the patriarchal game with men so they don't have to grow up. And it just continues the patriarchy. And we've learned it from our mothers and learned it from their mothers. It's been passed down for 6,000 years and it's, the game's over. Game is killing the planet. And it's time for each one of us to, to get out. And you can, you can get out. And we know more and more about how to get out. And, and even though if you start learning about how to get out and it seems overwhelming, seems daunting, seems challenging, there are exactly like Anne Chloe said, there's brothers and sisters around the world who are doing this work. You really cannot do it alone, but you can do it in small teams. So that's what's happening is we have three cells and possibility teams and rage clubs and all kinds of ways that people are helping each other get out, stand up, wake up, get out, speak out, show up. And, and it's great. It's, it's fantastic. Um, I was just looking for a little bit of clarification on the last one. 
I wasn't quite sure of your example of your daughter being upset that you were going to spiritual birth. How did that link with the... I couldn't hear you so well. Uh, and Chloe, did you hear it? Could, could you answer? Can you I would explain? be for you to answer. I can repeat the question. Good. What was the link between the example you gave with your daughter and the roadblock, the last, the 12 roadblock, the 12th one about diverting and humoring and your, your example about going to- No, what I, was, what I was saying was they remember the roadblocks. I thought I was such a good dad because I could roll through the problem and make it funny, make a joke, ha ha. I could, I could go around the problem and yet they did not feel heard. They did not feel seen. They did not feel collaborated with and they remember still today, you know, 30 years later. So that was the point is that, you know, you might, it might seem like you're escaping the problem in the moment but it has a cost and the cost is not healed uh, even by time. I notice, I wanna share that I notice that I'm, uh, one part of me is really angry at these um, completion loops. I'm like, I don't want to do these completion loops. I don't want to do that. And I, I guess that there's an emotional healing process around that or being heard. Probably there's some. When you say I, Kian, you say, I don't want to do that. Which I is talking? It's my child. Okay. That will be a big hint. Yeah. Big hint. And I want to ask uh, if someone is available and wants to hold emotional healing process for me around that. I see Mark okay. and Ingrid and Annie. Hello. Hello, Annie. Hello. So you got three, three great space holders, excellent space holders. Great, thanks for asking, Kian. Thank you. Anybody else asking for anything before we leave this space? Or any comments? Yes. Uh, somebody spoke, Dara? Yes, I did. I did. And then Dor, Dor, you had his hand up. So Tara, can you keep it short so Dor can talk also? Yeah, I want to ask for um, an emotional healing process about, I can't really tell what it, what it, I can't really tell the core, but it is about this mixed messages, um, receiving something, not being able to say what I'm receiving. Good, feeling, good. Yes. Anybody? Uh, Kian? And Christina. Christina. Mm -hmm. Great, great right. team. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Tara. Dor, go ahead. Dor, can you go ahead? Yeah, I'll, I need to go. I'll ask that next, next week. Thank you. I, I have trainer pass. Thank you. Okay. 
All right. See you later. Have fun. All right. Thank you everybody for being here today. We're on this journey. I don't know how many hundred times I've been through this 12 roadblocks map and every time it's such a wake up call, every single time. So it's such important stuff, this completion loop. And next week we'll kind of figure out what, what else we can do besides roadblocks. So have a great time experimenting this week and we'll see you next time. Take care, you guys. You. Go for it. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.